Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Previously On, Watchmen in association with Sky Atlantic, taking you through some of the best and most complex television in the world. Hey everybody, how are you doing? It's Jamie East here with uh, episode two of... uh, of previously on's look at Watchmen. Uh, welcome, welcome. Pr- hopefully, by now you will be up to speed. Uh, you will have seen episode one and episode two of Watchmen. Uh, the first episode went out, I think, or oh, a couple of weeks ago now, and uh, episode two was uh, just. Uh, well, I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, so it went out to you guys last night. There's a lot of stuff to get through. Previously, uh, in the first episode, when I was discussing what we thought was likely to happen with episode with well with Watchmen as a whole, uh, with my good friend Andrew Harrison, we were kind of left with a few teasing glimpses and and uh, kind of theorising about how much uh, the comic books were going to influence uh, Damon Lindelof's decisions about where he was taking the series. We're now two episodes in, and I tell you what. It's building up to be an absolute cracker, isn't it? You know, I, I feel I feel pleasantly surprised. Uh, I was not expecting it to be quite as intriguing or as action-packed, given the fact that the you know the source material is relatively character-driven and uh, and and quite slightly navel-gazing. Later on in this episode, uh, I'm dead pleased to announce that Regina King. Uh, is going to come on and have a chat all about Watchmen. Very, very excited that I managed to sit in a posh hotel room with her uh, last week and she was on top form. But before we get to that, shall I give you a bit of a brief recap as to where we are in the Watchmen saga? Yeah? So episode one was entitled Watch Over This Boy. It kicked off with uh, the young boy in the cinema in 1921 watching that Western and we immediately saw the the, the kind of uh, the the alternate world uh, kind of merging with the real world, with the true incidents of the Tulsa race riots, um, kind of showing you that we're heading towards uh, something quite quite uh, prescient in terms of today's politics. This world set thirty years after the events of the nineteen eighty six uh, kind of Watchmen comic. The policemen are wearing the yellow masks to protect their identities. There is still kind of like squid falling from the sky, which is a reference to the comic books as well. 
Robert Redford, yes, the Robert Redford has been president for three decades. Uh, Dr. Manhattan, who is the actual only real superhero with actual superhero powers, is still on Mars. Uh, he went, he abandoned Earth and went to Mars uh, previously. Rorschach, um, who you won't know if you've not read the comics, uh, but was a character in the original Watchmen with the white masks, with, with the Rorschach symbols, with the Rorschach drawing over the front of it, who is a pretty evil character, as Andrew Harrison pointed out in the previous episode of Previously On. He's now become a martyr or a symbol for white supremacy and the far-right uh, terrorist organisation who are calling themselves the Seven Cavalry in Watchmen. So they're wearing masks, the cops are having to wear masks to, uh, to hide their identity. It's all pretty grim. Um, the police of Tulsa are led by Captain Judd Crawford. That's played by Don Johnson. And uh, he has got kind of like a, a gang of vigilantes, would you say? Uh, there's Angela Abar, uh, who's Regina, played by Regina King, who is uh, a baker by day, but by night is the uh, fantastic Sister Knight. She, along with her fellow vigilante detectives, Red Scare, who's the kind of amazing kind of, I guess, Eastern European fellow in the Red Balaclava, and Looking Glass, uh, they are kind of tasked with digging into all of this uh, this bubbling, simmering racial hatred and tension that is coming over. Looking Glass interrogated a 7th Cavalry member in that cool pod thing, uh, which is clearly just, a, just an elaborate kind of uh, lie detector. But the first episode is very much universe building and introducing us to all the different characters. However, Damon Lindelof did have something up his sleeve and we, we were left with a properly, properly good not cliffhanger as such, but something that let you know that he was not mucking about. So uh, as Angela is getting jiggy uh, with her husband towards the end, there's a phone call with a mysterious voice that just said, Big Oak Tree out on Rolling Hill, something you need to see there. I know who you are. Don't wear no goddamn mask. She gets up. She drives there. She sees the old man who we know is Will Reeves, who's played by Louis Gossett Jr., uh, we spotted him outside a bakery earlier with the note, watch over this boy in his lap, which I guess means that he was the young boy that we saw at the beginning of the episode, but surely that would make him, well, 100 years old. Hmm. She gets there, she sees him, and she looks up and sees the uh, body of Judd, her ally, her kind of mentor, hanging from the tree. And there's that great reference to the Watchman logo as a single drop of blood, um dropped from his body onto his police badge proper proper good ending there are also those intriguing kind of flashbacks to um jeremy irons's character adrian veit uh we saw that uh, veit officially declared dead uh was it was one of the headlines but it's not true because we see him there he's riding horseback these kind of like very strange servants weren't they in some kind of like amazing chateau so that was quite intriguing um and also, the, I guess, an element of whodunit. To, uh, who are the people that killed Judd? You know, we saw him leave the house to see the officer who got shot. So clearly it's someone who knows his movements well, knew, knew where he was going to be. Is it an inside job? If there were spikes put down on the road that made him go outside. It's all very, very intriguing. Setting us up nicely for episode two. But seeing as, uh, seeing as I interviewed uh, Regina King in between episode one and episode two, it's probably best do we just let Regina take over for now, don't you? So here she is, Angela Abel slash Sister Knight, the wonderful 
Regina King. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How the devil are you? I am fantastic. How are you? Good. Uh, this is, what you're saying, the second time in London this year? Yes, yeah. That's pretty good going. Pretty good going. And uh, both times were quite fantastic. Is it? Is it quite, uh, it must be really intense around the launch of such a big show. You must not know where the hell you are at the moment. Yeah, because um, uh, they, I was told, we agreed early on that October was going to be fully dedicated to promoting the show. Yeah. And yes, I, I definitely don't know what date <laughs> it is. I just, you know, tell me where I'm going. <laughs> There's not, I can't, I can't remember a show or certainly not for a long, long time where there's been, I guess, the marketing, it marketed itself really in the, in the fact that there's such a, such a history in terms of the comic, in terms of the Snyder movie, in terms of all that kind of stuff, that the anticipation has been, has been kind of quite intense, but also in classic kind of comic book nerdy kind of way, people don't want to find out really what it's about until no one wants any spoilers. Right. So it's been quite cool. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. I mean, you know, there's that concern that comes from uh, um, having those true fans that have been a fan of the graphic novel for years yeah. that uh, actually list the uh, graphic novel is one of their top five favorite books yeah, ever. Yeah. You know, like people seriously are... Um, they have a true love and affection for it. So uh, obviously, you know, you want those people to um, you want them to, on board. to enjoy yeah. and, 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 and be on board. Um, um, but I, I thought it was so smart of Damon to write that letter to make it very clear. This is not a sequel. This yeah, is yeah. not a remake. And um, when we went to Comic-Con in New York and that was the first time the true fans were seeing yeah. uh, the the show. Um, Two thousand people got to see uh, the first episode, so you know we were holding our breaths for a while. We're backstage, you know, while the um, screening is going on, yeah, all yeah. you know, talking to each other, just you know, <laughs> laughing and being cordial this is fine. and all this. this yeah, is fine. <laughs> but we were all like nervous a bit, you yeah. know. And when you put got so a, much effort into something, yeah, you know? so many, and you believe in it, yeah. you know. Um, and we got a standing ovation, oh so God. that was, I think, that kind of released a little bit of the anxiety. Yeah. Um, but then you know, you still got you know quite a few more. That I mean, are, you know, Damon's a smart guy. He you is. know, you don't do Lost and the Leftovers and and kind of just just breeze into something like Watchmen. It's, so the the, the kind of decision, I think, as you said, any any kind of. I guess fears or worries or concerns that, that any of the kind of diehard fans have is kind of null and void because it's not a remake and it's not a sequel. Yeah. But at the same time, it it services both level of fans. So it services people that are into the world, the Rorschach world, the Doctor Manhattan world, to understand the kind of legacy about who he is and, mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. But also from a pure someone just flicking through i like westworld i like a bit of game of thrones i want my what's my next box set going to be this oh my god there's a superhero cop with a black cape that's kind of that's that's kicking the living shit out of people yeah you know that's yeah. so it works on both levels, yeah right? no 100 percent. because i am the person that is of the latter group yeah that was not familiar with the graphic novel so and that was damon's it's, intention i mean i tried yeah it's, it's a dense kind of book you know i've never been a fan 
fan of reading comic books mm-hmm. because the reading things in boxes where, and where bubbles I, yeah. with pictures. I don't know which one to read yeah, first. Yeah, I don't, and and <laughs> I just never mastered that. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was uh, one of the few things I gave up quickly. You know, and I guess obviously one of the, one of the, the smartest things that Damon did was take okay, look at look at what the original Watchmen was trying to say in light of the Cold War, in light of all of the, the political climate at the time, and go, okay, well, if this was now, what would what would it be doing? And obviously the, the, the alt-right movement is, is, is across the whole, is the kind of the, the, the heartbeat of the, of the series, or at least it is so far. I'm up to at the end of episode two, so don't spoil it. Um, I will not. <laughs> so that, that feels like kind of rich pickings. Do you know what I mean? From 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 a script point of view, from a character point of view, it it kind of there's a lot of meat on the bones there, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, I I because I did not again read the um graphic novel when we were shooting the pilot, Damon did not want me to see the watch the movie or uh read the book because he felt like uh my character yeah yeah, that like her that is her history Mm -hmm. and she only would know that history from what was told or taught you know to her um and and so i i didn't have to feel like i uh, needed to know it or understand it by um reading it i could know it or understand it by someone teaching or telling it to Mm -hmm. me which is what uh, damon did and um, I, I'm, but I am always shocked uh, to hear people say, "Well, the, you know, the original wasn't as political." And I'm like, "Well, based on what I was taught and told, did it, you read the first? It, it kinda because really it kind of was." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nixon's been there for five terms, or however long mean, it is. It's kind of yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, and from a, I want to talk to you a bit about from a British point of view. It's it's. I mean, it's still an incredible watch, but obviously there's a whole other level there from a, from a US point of view for for, mm. for how it kicks off, you know, with the Tulsa massacre and and that level of uh, the Klan and and that side of things as well. How's that? How's that coming across over there? Because from from here we can we can kind of I mean we've got our own problems, but yeah, you know, we can, but we can sit and watch that and go, yeah, that wasn't us. <laughs> but, yeah. but over in America, yeah, like yes. <laughs> but over in over in the states, this is this is still a huge problem, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it's a it's a, it's so a, a, so much a part of our history, and it's a part of history that um, was uh, not it wasn't taught. Yeah. When you were in your U.S. I had to, I had to history Google class. the Tulsa massacre to find out if that was even a yeah. thing, and it, it, and, yeah. and you and probably you know half of Americans, yeah. black and white, yeah, yeah. Um, had no idea. So there was a lot of I think emotion came up just for just a, like a lot of black people thinking like, wow, I went, I, I sat through history classes and that was missed, yeah, you know. And then they would do the dive and find out that there were other, um, um moments in history that had that were similar mm. as far as um towns being uh pillaged you know and, and yeah, lot, yeah yeah um and so uh and then for a lot of white people feeling um embarrassed as well mm. and 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 feeling like wow what difference would it have made if i as well in history class yeah. learned that as a child, would my regard 
for race in this country uh, be different and of now course, as an adult. And of course, what he's saying is, you know, if you're thinking, wow, I would never stand for that, the, you know, it, then Watchmen then goes and says, well, you know, turn around. It's, yeah. it's, it's right there. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, you can you can you can fill a show full of as much kind of metaphoric uh, kind of material as you want. If it's not entertaining, people aren't going to watch it. Now, let's talk a little bit about Silent Night because holy crap, yeah. she's amazing. Yeah. What, how did how did she come across on on page? She jumped out at me. Um, I just uh, I've never seen a character like her before, and to think that I was going to have the opportunity to play her was just like. Yeah. You know, mind blowing um, that here we have a woman that um, represents something that we all understand. And that's uh, switching masks. Uh, dep- you, you change masks depending on your current circumstances, whether yeah. it's to adapt, whether it's to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have a version of that that we do. So I felt like while obviously um a, a black woman and the, the to tell this story it has to be a black woman part mm-hmm. of the telling of the story yeah. is her blackness the, the narrative um, is, is right pretty... which is fantastic that um while you know as actors were uh, black uh, actors were so often um wanting to do roles that uh that we we are in the character not just because we're black you, we yeah. happen to be black yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's not part of the story in this instance it was she had to be black it's intrinsic but, um, to the whole thing <laughs> i still have the southland ringtone sorry about that that's all right <laughs> what was um, your ringtone yeah southland from a show that i did years ago <laughs> called southland um but um the fact that uh she and she has to be black because that is the, the, through her eyes we're telling this story yeah. but also as an actor that we're celebrating that and it's a character no one's ever seen before yeah, yeah, was yeah. just you know you just i mean eat that up yeah. like to have an opportunity like that so that just uh i felt like she was relatable in the, in regards to what i said before with the masks and having to change masks but so familiar to me yeah. because it is a black woman you know are you prepared for for you to be Silent Night forever now? I speak to... Sister I, Night. Sister, uh, sorry, yeah, did yeah, I say Silent Night? Yeah. Oh my God, sorry, I beg your pardon. Oh, well, you know you, why you, you did that? Because we have the White Night right, that and, took place on Christmas. So okay, I, I, yeah. I, I, I know bad. why you got there. Yeah, that was, um, that was, that was a, that's a pass. Because I did a show for Game of Thrones and uh, every time I kind of spoke to the cast over the years, kind of like saw them gradually realise that this is it now. Once, once, once you're a fan favorite in, right. in a kind of uh, in an HBO blockbuster, that's it now. You you will forever be you will forever be kind of like uh, known as that a sister yeah, yeah, night. Yeah. Hmm. Are, you, are you ready? Are you ready for? Are you ready for for uh, for seeing kind of uh, kids going to Comic Con with the black? Oh, absolutely. The oh, yes. Because that's a cool costume. That's that is <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, what have we got in store? So in the UK, we are, by the time this goes out, we'll be uh, up to episode two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will have seen, I guess, you meet a kind of curious uh, character in a wheelchair or a kind of a, an elderly fellow mm-hmm. who 
clearly has some kind of mysterious connection to you. Yes. Um, and we get our first glimpse, I guess, that Damon has got quite a few switcheroos up his sleeve mm-hmm. um, in terms of what who these characters really are, what their background is and stuff like that. What can you give away without giving anything away about what we've got in store over the next oh, what, seven or eight weeks? That is so tough. That is so tough to 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 try to give you a nugget without it being a spoiler. What kind, okay, uh, so uh, I've just watched the season finale. How am I feeling? Um, you're feeling like what? No, perfect. Is she? <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. That's what we want. That's what we want. I guess you guys are all all gearing up for now for a few more. Do you know what's happening? I there? think right now, um, it's a taking a pause yeah. and just seeing how seeing it's what. being received. Yeah. Um, so far, so good, in my opinion, because I know the entire story and I know it's to come. I feel like if we're starting strong like this, I feel like it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, did Damon th- sell you the whole arc? No, no, no. I didn't get a lot of things until they came. Um, a couple things I got ahead of time because yeah. uh, they needed to be sprinkled in oh, okay. sort er, of, in earlier episodes, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so so he totally has planted. Maybe this is a little something that's not a spoiler. Has planted things that you definitely will have to go back and watch. Nice. And when you go back and watch, you'll go, "Oh my god, a little yes, bit of that happened." That's yeah, what that's yeah. What we want. Are we going to start seeing? It's a bit of a Lindelof kind of trademark in as much as that we'll have episodes that, that focus specifically on, on one or two characters mm-hmm. and kind of and start delving into, into that story. 100%. Yep, okay. that's going to happen. Yes, well, it'll happen. Okay, I can probably give you something there. It'll happen with four characters for sure. Okay. Yeah. How do you get, how do you get around filming such a secretive show? You know, you don't want anyone to find out what's going on. So how do, when you're on set, is it called something else? How do you, right. how do you get around um, that? I'm actually amazed because I really, um, um, are you bad at keeping secrets? I know I'm great at keeping secrets, but I don't really understand the NDAs. But I, I'm like, yeah, really? People really honor those? Like, yeah. <laughs> what? You and me both. I've signed yeah. so many of those things. <laughs> like, what? No one's ever come chasing. Right, right. I've got a right big mouth. Um, but but HBO is definitely um, they have been great. You know, in They're shows really... prior to um, I've Watchmen. For, I've worked for HBO. You're feeling like at any moment someone's going to jump out of some place. Laser dots start appearing. When yeah. You, you, get, you get too close to Kit Harrington, you get taken right. down. Yeah. Kit, really? I mean, you know, uh, but I, I just, um, they, 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 they know how to contain things. Yeah. And so I, they've done such a great job. So I just follow their lead. I don't say shit about shit. <laughs> you know, um, I, I like my job. I like my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I want to continue working with them. You don't. You don't want to be the one. There was. A, there was. Yeah. A, have you heard of the Great British Bake Off? No. So there's a big baking show in the in the UK. It's like a huge. It's like a big deal. It's yeah. like our Americans Got Talent. It's mm-hmm. like a massive thing. But it's basically just a lot of very gentle people making a cake every single week, and they get knocked out. Anyway, it builds up to this huge kind of finale, and the judge was abroad um, at the time, so it's all pre-recorded. 
the judge was abroad. The whole of the nation were, were sat in front of the television waiting for the final to start. She got the time zones wrong and <sighs> tweeted out congratulations to, oh, <laughs> to the, to the no. winner. Destroyed it for four, oh. destroyed it for, for kind of like 10 minutes. And she oh. was obviously con- completely oh, distraught. She was sick. Yeah, yeah. So that's, oh. it's best just not to know, right? Yeah, just, or just don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Just don't say anything <laughs> at all. And just say, I'm not saying anything yeah, yeah, yeah. at all. What were the what were the sets like? Because you know, I was watching, you know, a lot of it shot on location. Mm. Uh, I think particularly in episode two, there was a great kind of sprawling kind of shot of like the police cars mm-hmm. with with the kind of uh, from a, a certain crime scene by a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it was most of it shot in set? Was there a lot of was there a lot of green screen done, or is it was it mostly? We did have a a, um, a significant amount of green or blue screen. Um, we um, we had a lot of. Big sets that you'll see to come. Yeah. Um, well, you, you've seen the um, police station. Yeah, which yeah. That was quite, yeah. it's, it was amazing to be there. Um, uh, and that is a two-story set, actually. Um, but we have some more um, sets that are quite magnificent that were built. Our, the production design in our department. Uh, I must the, say your x-ray it, specs, uh the, the, the goggles that oh you isn't that really cool the props <sighs> yeah props to the my property uh team uh yeah. designed that so were you a big superhero kind of fan in general was it was it anything that had been on your radar um yeah i would say that i am because um, they get a lot of shit now i think you know yeah. scorsese and kind of coppler and stuff have kind of started yeah, laying but into whatever it. i mean i think sam uh, jackson answered that best you know some <laughs> people don't like their stuff so you know it's it's, it's just it's opinion you know um they're entitled to Never it mess around with sam jackson's yeah, films for goodness i mean sake. <laughs> sam he will tell it like it is he did it scares yeah. me to death i've interviewed <laughs> him a few times very scary man it doesn't take anything listen thank you so much i can't wait to see what uh what you've got in store for us and I can't wait to speak to you next time around oh ditto ditto and I like that you put that in the universe next time around exactly yeah thank (laughs) you you're listening to previously on Watchmen in association with Sky Atlantic you can watch Watchmen exclusively on Sky Atlantic every single Monday at 9pm but don't panic if you've missed it because each episode goes straight up on demand as soon as it's aired for more information hop over to sky.com So since that chat, episode two has aired, and uh, what a doozy it was. What a doozy it was. Should we go back there? In case you missed it, allow me to uh, allow me to talk you through it. The episode was called Martial Feats of Comanche Horsemanship. I think that's how you say that. And it was very much uh, an episode that blurred the lines between the goodies and the baddies, didn't it? There was a, a good old switcheroo from Damon Lindelof. It was to show that not everyone that's good is all good and not everyone was bad is all, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we saw, again, a um, a flashback, this time to World War One, and another example of racial injustice just being swept under the carpet somewhat by history. There was a propaganda pamphlet uh, pocketed by a black soldier, uh, which was later scribbled on during the Tulsa race massacre. Again, please look after this boy. The same pamphlet that we saw carried by the mysterious gentleman in the wheelchair, one who introduces himself as Will. We join Will and Angela on top of the hill, uh, where the swinging body of Judd is is, is still there. Angela quickly kind of takes him into custody. Uh, she's, She's clearly shaken. We see her screaming, and Will isn't being particularly good at providing 
any form of straight answers. He keeps giving the same kind of answer. What was it he kept saying? I'm the one who strung up your chief of police, telling her off for cursing too much, almost sounding a little bit paternal. He insinuated that he had telekinetic powers. He even then said he might be Dr. Manhattan. But it was interesting that Dr. Manhattan got a lot of uh, discussion in this episode, maybe teeing him up to, to making an entrance at some point, which would be amazing. It was interesting that, that, that we kept getting, uh, kept getting told a couple of times that whilst Dr. Manhattan is a superhero and is living on Mars and has extraordinary powers, he can't do absolutely everything. You know, we were, we were told about weaknesses. I think there was something about changing things on a molecular level or, or that kind of stuff. But I found it quite maybe a bit of foreshadowing that maybe there, maybe there are a few weak spots in Dr. Manhattan's powers. Um, but clearly, Will, the old man, is not Dr. Manhattan. But then tells uh, Angela quite strangely that, uh, that Judd had uh, a few skeletons in his closet. Angela quite rightly took those uh took that statement quite literally and used these amazing uh cool night vision goggles to have a bit of a snoop around in judge bedroom where she found in a hidden um part of his wardrobe who the hell has those a um Ku Klux Klan outfit which has kind of shocked her Judd was supposed to be her mentor and ally and and is this a plant or was he on the other side as well? But because of Judd's murder, there is huge tension among kind of police versus uh, the locals. There's a big standoff at a trailer park where ended up being a riot uh, in which everybody kind of loses a temper, including Angela, who she, you know, who, who kind of takes out her frustrations at the death of Judd on a stranger. Looking Glass, uh, who I'm, I, I'm, I'm liking Looking Glass, actually, uh, is, is taking no prisoners and even kind of um, seems to suspect Angela and was asking her questions about her place uh, on, the, on, the night of a, on the night of the murder, asking about her foster children and hinting that biological uh, parents of the children aren't happy that uh, Angela has got custody of them. But one of my favourite parts of the, of, the whole, uh, of the whole episode and one that really kind of... Uh, opens up i guess the the more comic book elements wide is adrian vine uh, we go over where he's staging his birthday play uh, well actually this is this is quite an interesting point so uh we saw the headlines previously saying that adrian vine is dead and uh, we saw i believe in the previous episode jeremy irons's character as adrian celebrating uh the seventh anniversary so it would mean that the seventh anniversary i think of uh ozymandias's disappearance now, Ozymandias is, is, the, is the hero that, that um, Adrian Veidt became in, in Watchmen. So that's quite telling. And that he does that great play with John and Janie, his, his weird butlers. And as we discover in some kind of nod to the prestige, that Adrian Veidt has been cloning uh, these two, this man and this woman. There are multiples of them all over everywhere. We see one of them painted as Dr. Manhattan uh, as he's resurrected in, in, in a kind of depiction of Dr. Manhattan's creation. That's what that play was. That was a true depiction of, of, of how Dr. Manhattan was created. And he's clearly got a bit of a beef with old Dr. Manhattan, who, as we keep getting told, is on Mars. Uh, the last thing that Dr. Manhattan ever said to uh, Adrian was, nothing ever ends. And he keeps, uh, he keeps getting people to repeat that to him. All of this, I'm sure, is part of Lindelof's plan and will all come to fruition at some point. We then uh, cross back over as uh, as Angela was was 
did some DNA testing on the, on the coffee cup that Will had a drink with, and this is an amazing kind of future. You can just take a coffee cup into a, into a room, and uh, they phone you up and tell you who your ancestors are. It's like a, it's like a, a, a 2060 version of uh, who do they think they are. So we do find out that Angela is indeed Will's granddaughter, and he certainly knows about that already. This makes Angela angry. Um, she's still mourning Judd's death, and uh, she's obviously a bit confused as to why someone who's just been identified as her grandfather was, uh, was owning up to murdering Judd. Just as she's about to take him in for questioning and, and take things down the official route, out of the night sky comes what looked like a UFO, but with a massive magnet on it, maybe similar to the owl ship that Judd flew in the first episode, whacked a magnet on top of the car, and with a big, big old smile from Will, flew away into the night sky. So it ended on a big old, what the hell was that, but in the best possible way. Cannot wait for episode three. Should we have a listen to the trailer? You can have a listen to it and I'll describe what I've seen in case you haven't watched it. Here it goes. Are you ready to venture into the great beyond? Look on my works, ye mighty in despair. I promise to defend us from all enemies, foreign and domestic. We should be prepared. What are you guys up to? Who the fuck are you? Special Agent Lori Blake. The fuck are you? God snaps his fingers. And the hero goes to hell. Right, that is one hell of an intriguing promo. So we go right back at the beginning. Let me let me just skip through this frame by frame, because that's the best way of doing it. So we see again some form of reenaction from Adrian Veidt. Uh the uh, the clones are dressed up in some kind of looks like a knight's outfit, almost like a medieval knight's outfit. Then we cross over to a private jet, uh, maybe some looks like some governmental kind of jet with someone leaning out, looking out of the window onto the horizon at what looks to be some kind of huge machine, which reminded me very much of um, of one of the great films, uh, The Contact with Jodie Foster. Do you remember that big uh, kind of uh, transportation device that was built on there? So I'm wondering if that's a similar kind of thing, that's clearly going to play a big part in coming episodes. We then crossed over to the funeral of Judd. Um, we see a lot of people, a lot of mourners, a lot of police in, in their, their yellow masks on, giving a 12-gun salute to uh, the fallen hero, or is he? We then see glimpses of people testing out some suicide vests. There are people coming out of the pod. There's also what appears to be, I would imagine, under the radar interrogations of suspects carrying on and then the arrival of somebody who does not look like good news at all uh i'm going to say some kind of internal investigations one called Laurie king tips up we're then crossed outside a, a place called the iberian pig which i'm guessing is a pub and a strange kind of blue device which may or may not be a phone box that Laurie king is using to speak to somebody angela appears out of a hole in the ground wearing those amazing night vision goggles yes I would like a pair of them. We see Laurie uh, and Looking Glass inside the pod, staring at the Rorschach kind of symbols that are cropping up. That is kind of all that we get from that. So it looks like there's a new sheriff in town. Someone's obviously coming to replace Judd and they want to play a different game. It's going to be great. (laughs) 
Thanks very much for listening. Hope it's been helpful. Don't forget, Watchmen is available exclusively on Sky Atlantic each Monday at 9pm. If you've missed any of the episodes so far, do not panic. Don't panic. They've got it covered. Each episode of Watchmen goes straight up on demand as soon as it finishes airing on the Monday night. So they're all there, all ready for you to get stuck into. For more information about Watchmen or indeed any of the other awesome shows that Sky Atlantic got going on right now, just head over to sky.com. If you've enjoyed previously on, do us a favour, give us a cheeky little five-star review, tell all your friends, particularly if there's someone maybe in your household that needs to get up to speed with Watchmen so that you can enjoy it together, maybe this podcast would be quite useful for them. If you're new to previously on, you might want to go back and check out some of our previous episodes. Uh, We've covered recaps of a hell of a lot of series already. There's every single episode of Game of Thrones. We've done Peaky Blinders, Stranger Things, we've done Big Little Lies, and there's loads more of them to come. If you've got any suggestions, just get in touch we're over on twitter at previous podcast we will see you next time until then you've been listening to previously on in association with sky atlantic deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.